We are back in the ER. EMS rings us down for a 70-year-old female unwitnessed fall with a head laceration with a GCS of 12. But meanwhile, there's banging on the ambulance door where an approximately 20-year-old male lies unresponsive with significant amount of blood soaking his clothes. We now have two trauma patients, both with very different injuries. Will knowing the story behind these injuries help us figure out what's wrong? This is Trauma Nursing To Go. Our main objective in this episode is just cover the different mechanisms of injury, such as blunt penetrating or thermal and implications in trauma care. Understanding the mechanism is an important part of evaluating trauma patients. The mechanism of injury, or MOI, can give us a general picture of what to expect and what to look out for. So let's start with generally the most common MOI, depending on where you practice, blunt trauma. Blunt trauma means that there is a broad impact that includes energy transfer, such as an accelerating injury, such as you crashing your car, but your organs are still moving at freeway speeds, or the decelerating injury, such as transferring the energy of your body's impact to your seatbelt in that car accident. Is it confusing? Yes, I myself do not carry a degree in physics. Another example is say you're putting up Christmas lights on your roof, but your foot gets caught in the ladder and you fall. How you fall, say a one-story home versus trying to get reindeer on the third floor window, will influence how much energy is building up, aka accelerating force is building up, for when you inevitably hit the ground. Once you hit the ground, all that accumulated energy gets dispersed on impact, also known as the decelerating force. Are you landing sideways on a two feet of snow, or are you landing headfirst onto concrete? If you land on your head, it takes all of the impact from the accumulating energy, the accelerating energy, from your fall, so the deceleration impact can be massive, as opposed to just falling sideways or the impact of energy is dispersed from your shoulder down to your legs. When someone experiences blunt trauma, it's usually related to some form of transportation, such as a car crash, motorcycle crash, or maybe a pedestrian being struck by a vehicle, or falls and physical assaults. There's focused questions we can ask, such as for falls, how much of a height and what did they land on? For motor vehicle crashes, we can ask if they're restrained, meaning did they have their seatbelt on? Where were they sitting in the car, especially in relation to where the impact was? Did the airbags deploy? What was the damage to the vehicle? And where was the impact? For example, frontal impact, such as hitting a tree, the driver probably flew forward And we can expect blunt chest trauma, maybe even a posterior fracture dislocation of the hip if you think about flying forward towards the steering wheel. But if it was a side impact, we may expect to find shear injuries to that one side. Moving on. Next is penetrating trauma. This is an injury generally related to stabbings, firearms, and impalement. With these injuries, knowing the weapon used can give us a better idea of how extensive the injury is. Being stabbed by a 3-inch paring knife in the abdomen is way different than with a 10-inch butcher's knife. Similarly for guns, knowing the type of gun used, including caliber size, and how close the patient was to the gun when it was fired can give us an idea of the path of the bullet or bullets may have taken. Shotguns have a very different injury pattern as opposed to, say, handguns. Finally, there are other mechanisms of injury, like burns, blast injuries, drownings, and hangs. These injuries are rare and will likely get their own episodes on this podcast soon. But back to the ER. We have that young male that was left at our back door. Your trauma team assembles quickly and begins their evaluation. 
The primary survey is notable for thready pulses, cool, clammy skin, and an altered mental status. We gave him a GCS of 12, uh, eyes 3, verbal 4, motor 5. On exposure, the team notes three large lacerations to the left lower quadrant of the abdomen with abdominal distension. It is not surprising that when an ultrasound fast exam is performed, it is in fact positive that there is blood in the abdomen. This is a concerning penetrating injury to the abdomen, possibly with a large knife, and there may be life-threatening injuries such as to the bowel and vessels. Given that the patient is showing signs of severe shock, the trauma surgeon elects to take him directly to the operating room for an exploratory laparotomy to control bleeding surgically. Now that that's taken care of, the ambulance rolls in. Here is our 70-year-old female found down at home in a presumed unwitnessed fall from standing. On her primary survey, her ABCs are normal. Her GCS is improved to 14. She's just a little confused. The secondary survey reveals a 4-centimeter lac to the right occiput with periorbital bruising. There is tenderness over the right shoulder, clavicle, and chest, as well as scattered abrasions to her extremities. X-rays in the trauma bay reveal possible right-sided rib fractures. The trauma team plans to take her to the CT scanner and get some imaging to evaluate for possible head, neck, and chest injuries. So in summary, injury patterns can often be indicated by the mechanism. An isolated penetrating trauma, for example, the focus may be on what was directly and usually obviously affected, such as this patient's lower abdomen. Blunt trauma can be more subtle. There often isn't a bleeding wound to alert you to the severity of an injury, but the subtle injuries can be just as lethal as being shot or stabbed. One thing we should also note is just because we saw this gentleman stabbed in the abdomen doesn't mean that was the only place he was stabbed. So it's really important, especially with these penetrating type injuries, that you have to turn your patient and you have to look everywhere to make sure you don't miss anything. One of the great aspects of working in trauma is that even though we have a systematic routine in how we evaluate patients, the stories and the mechanisms are often unique and dynamic. It is also common for there to be multiple mechanisms. Say someone who is in a motor vehicle crash but had a pair of scissors in the car that became a projectile and are now lodged into the patient's leg. Do you have scissors or other potential projectiles in your car? This may be a good time to put them somewhere safe. This is Trauma Nursing To Go. Thank you for listening to Trauma Nursing To Go. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As a reminder, I do not represent my employer, and the cases presented here are fictional and intended for educational purposes only. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and get updates and check out the website traumanursingtogo.com. If there's any topics, questions, or concerns you have, please contact me through the website, my email, or you can contact me on Twitter. Thanks for listening.